Hey everybody, welcome back to the Rodcast. How you doing today, Pastor Rod? Awesome. Looking forward to this time. Come on. Well, today we're talking about why we must be committed to sharing the good news to those who have not yet heard. Um, this is a big value of ours here at Lifehouse. Um, but first, I want to dive in with this question. Um, how many people have really not heard the gospel yet? Big question, but... Yeah, the, the the big statistic around the world seems to be forty two percent of the world have never had a chance to hear about Jesus, and that's from a whole bunch bunch of uh, you know statistic places. Um, it, it just it just keeps popping up. This forty two percent, which is about three point five billion people, and a lot of them are in certain regions of the world. Obviously, our region here in Asia is the number one region, um, including very big nations. Um, nations with different faiths, backgrounds, and um, actually with, with also with communist background or whatever. So this is our this is our backyard. This is our field where we live. Um, people also call it the ten forty window, which is a a geographic term between the what is that? That's the the lines on the map. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I haven't got all my my terms together. <laughs> Some of you know what I mean. But it's 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 like a window between, say, um, you know, Northwest Africa, right across to China, Japan, here, and mm-hmm. and it's a window of the most unreached people groups in the world, and some of them are very very large. Japan is the second most large unreached people group in the world. The first being Bangladesh. Just in case you wanted to know that. Um, now there are, there are other very big unreached areas. But we are living right in, right in one of the unreached areas, and it's. I'm sure we're going to talk about this, but it's a joy to work with these lovely people. Yeah, incredible. And so when we say that that 42% um, have not heard, it means like the, not that they're not just in a. They're not meaning they're not just in a church, or but that they actually haven't heard the gospel before. Is that correct? They haven't heard the gospel and they're not within earshot of the gospel today. So um, <clears throat> they haven't got a friend who's a Christian. There's no Christian um, that they don't understand anything about. They may have heard the name Jesus or in their language, whatever that is, but it relates to their religion or it relates to just what the Western people do or something like that. So there's no actual knowledge. Here in Japan with 130 million people, um, it's actually e- even more – serious in that many people have never heard the name of Jesus Christ. They've maybe heard the word Christian. They've heard the word Christmas. Um, they've never heard of Easter. They've never heard of the cross. They've ne- so they've never had a chance to hear the gospel. And, and that is the 42% right across mm. the world. Um, once again, maybe in their religion or their background or school or whatever, they, there is a mention, but they have no knowledge of who Jesus is or what he did. Wow. So no knowledge and, and like I said, they're not they're not close to someone who has that knowledge. Um, right. They're they're outside uh, the sphere of hearing the gospel today. Yeah. yeah. So I remember, mm. you know, I grew up in New Zealand and, you know, there's a lot of a lot of good people, a lot of great believers, and most people are definitely within the earshot of the of hearing Jesus and a church down the road they could attend and remember coming to Japan and just you know, you hear it's unreached, but then when you actually start talking to people and it's like, it yeah. really is unreached. Like, this is not yeah. exaggerated. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's not. We we sort of, um, 
we, I mean, laughing is the wrong word here, but we are bemused or amazed that we ask people, do you know who Jesus Christ is? And one answer was, is he American? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, he's from Israel <laughs> 2,000 years ago. Another answer was, is he a movie star? Now, these aren't people trying to be smart. They just mm. really don't know. And um, I don't know if everyone's in that level, but it is. There's a point, I think you, you mentioned it just then, where you're in Japan, loving the people, sharing the gospel, and you're all of a sudden you have a moment. Mm. I call it mm. having a Japan moment where right. like teams come or individuals come, and all of a sudden they meet you and they say, these are, these are our Western friends who come in, they actually stop and they say, they really haven't heard. The Japanese really haven't heard. And it's like a jolt that they've, the Japan experience, these lovely people, have never actually heard, and it, it is a jolt. It, it, it is truly a jolt, and they've realized that they've never seen a Bible, never heard a Bible verse, don't have a Christian friend. And then some of our churches, we do see some young people getting, getting uh, to be believers in Jesus, and they're the only one in their school or they're only one in their university year uh, who is claiming now to be a believer in Jesus. It's, it's a jolt. It's an actual, what happened? To these lovely people that they didn't hear the gospel. Yeah. 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 My very own wife, Ayami, was like that. Grew up, never, <laughs> never heard about Jesus wow. until a friend invited her, Saudi invited her to church. Um, she heard about mm. Jesus for the very first time as a university student. So, yeah, it is just mind blowing because I think now you'd think with the internet and YouTube mm. that so many more would hear, but it's still so many people have yeah. yet to hear. Yeah. Really, really haven't heard. And and we we assume because we've got you know as you said internet TV radio etc that surely they've heard, but you know the Bible does say how can they hear unless someone mm. shares the gospel Romans ten how can they hear unless someone is sent and someone shares and the answer is that's a rhetorical question they can't they can't mm. hear unless someone is sent now there are some exceptions to that but we could talk about supernatural intervention or. There are some great stories right now around the world like that, but it's not the majority of people. The majority of people just need to hear from a friend or from someone around them. Yeah, amazing. Um, so, tell us about the wave vision. Some people know what that is. Some people listen, yeah. don't know what that is. The wave vision sure. that brought you to Japan. Tell us about yeah. that. We were pastoring in, in Toowoomba, Australia. It's a beautiful city and um, – Anything grows there. It's a garden city, and we just built a home, and we were very happy, and the church was happy, and you know, it was we were in a good situation. And all of a sudden, um, in a prayer meeting, Viv had a vision. She was awake, and she had a vision of a big wave, and it was like kaleidoscope, which means full color, you know, experiential vision. And that wave was going to crash on her, and she was afraid. And she said, she knew it was God because she was in prayer and. She was full of the Holy Spirit, but she said, God, what is it? And in the wave, God spoke to her and said, don't be afraid, it's me. And in the vision, then the wave hit her and she was filled with love and grace. It was a God vision. And she described it later as a tsunami vision. And as we talked about it numerous times, it actually had impacted her life. This is key, that this vision had impacted her for for vision and the only clue we had was the word tsunami is a japanese word 
Of course it is. Everyone knows that. And um, I actually said to her, you know, that's a Japanese word. And she said, yeah, uh, of course. You know, like, yeah, it was the no brainer between us as we looked at each other. And, um, and then a bit later, I was actually asked to come and visit Japan. And I said, well, why don't we have a holiday? And uh, we came here on a tour and we visited Tokyo and Osaka, two great cities, right? <laughs> where, mm-hmm. where we are mm-hmm. and where you are. And some other great holiday places, and we loved it. We loved the people. We had a had a blast. But again, as we talked to people, no one had heard about Jesus Christ. It was it was just a, a staggering discovery that this beautiful nation with incredible hearts, really mm-hmm. lo- lo- almost no crime rate, and nice people, loved to serve, had never heard of Jesus Christ, and it really jolted us. And the tsunami vision, this wave we interpret it to be a wave of God into Japan. Now, it's not a physical tsunami. We really need to make that clear. There was a physical tsunami here in 2011, which brought destruction. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a God tsunami all over the land, bringing a wave of God's grace and love. And we had it in our heart that God was going to do something in Japan. And he said to Viv and I, would you like to have a part in that? And that's a key question that we felt in our hearts as we prayed. It's not through us. Of course not. We're just little tiny people in his plan, but we were happy to be part of a plan if God was going to move. Now, this is very important because we've been involved in missions for most of our adult life. And for us, the key thing in missions is that we actually are successful in sharing Jesus Christ with people. Um, so when we, we heard about Japan, a lot of people said, oh, yeah, that's very hard or they won't hear or it won't work or you, that side, but we held the vision. And again, this is why the vision was so important for Viv to live here with our two little boys is that we just believed that God was going to move in this very unreached nation. And these last 20 years, of course, we've seen a little bit of what we saw in the vision. So that's the vision wave, yeah. Incredible, and um, yeah, and I just love how that's such a part of our church. People know the, they know that vision, they carry that. Um, I love our new logo, which has the wave in it, um, and it's just so exciting. And like I said, just just a little part is that that's right, right? This is just the beginning. Absolutely, we're a little part, and it's just the beginning of the big part. And uh, we're believing others will come and join us in Japan as well. Amazing. Come on. Um, so, just switching gears a little bit, um, looking through the Bible and what, what did Jesus tell us about reaching the unreached? Well, one of my favorite scriptures is, is Luke 19.10 where Jesus has just helped a tax collector called Zacchaeus um, become a believer, changed his whole life. And Jesus said, um, the, 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 you know, he came to seek the lost and um, the lost may be found. So Jesus is very clearly calling us to be on this mission with us. Now, it doesn't say the wicked to be good. It says the lost to be found. And I think we would agree in that category, a lot of the world is lost, um, doesn't have hope, doesn't have a savior, doesn't know what will happen after death doesn't have a, a conclusion to, to sin or, or, or a changed life. And, and we uh, realize Jesus came to seek the lost, and that's our mission too. 
Then Jesus proceeded to tell his disciples after the resurrection, uh, I think it's five times, Matthew, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, five times is recorded, go and tell them, go and tell them, go into all the world, wait for the power and go and tell them. And so this fivefold call of the resurrected Jesus and the Holy Spirit coming on us is to go and share. And and one, one last one in, in Matthew chapter 9, I think it's verse 36, he, he said, look at the fields, they're white unto harvest. Now ask the Lord of the harvest for workers. And maybe some people hearing this today will really are called to, to come and share the gospel in an unreached area, finding amazing people and finding a way to share. I think that should be visionary. And so once again, when I heard people say negatives about Japan and how hard it was, we did not receive that because we read the word, we believed the word, we received the call. And I believe if we're called, we will see fruit, beautiful people coming to know Jesus. So this is a big way of answering your question about the Bible, but there's a call. And the fact that there's 42% that have never heard about Jesus Christ in 2022 must make us wonder, has something got wrong or is there something wrong? It actually is a big question, I think, for you and I. And and here's, mm. here's the bigger thing. The Japanese coming to Christ are asking us, why didn't someone come and tell us this before? Why didn't someone come and tell my auntie before, my uncle before, my grandfather? It's a shocking question. It's a jolting question. And I th- I'm sure the answer is not God's fault. You know, Jesus died on the cross and did everything he could to fill us with the Spirit and launch us into the world. So there has to be another answer, which we can talk about maybe, but it has to be um, a human answer that either people haven't understood they could go or, or they would go or there was, a, there was a pathway to go or whatever it is, it's not the Japanese people's fault that they mm. haven't heard the gospel. This is really a big area of theology and understanding, isn't it? Huge. Yeah, because I remember when I was young hearing, this is when I think the world population was a bit smaller, but maybe 6 billion and saying that there were 2 billion Christians in the world. So if every Christian just told two people about Jesus, the whole world would know Jesus. And I thought, oh, that sounds pretty easy. <laughs> Let's do that. Yeah. Um, right. But uh, so obviously it's never that simple. But so... Every, every one of us um, as individuals and as churches, are we called to, to reach the unreached, to preach the gospel? I believe so. And I think I've, I've heard it said that a church without mission is a church without vision. In, mm. in other words, there should be a call to serve our community. Um, first of all, to be, to be saved and changed and loved by Jesus personally. And then to be part of a serving to our community, serve the church, serve some, serve some people, and then there should be a calling of some. I, I, I accept that it's not going to be uh, a majority, but there should be some called to go and share it outside their community. Jesus said that in, in Acts chapter 1. He said, start in Jerusalem, which is where his disciples were. Start in your hometown, mm. your home city, and from there fan out to, for them it was Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the world. But for us in New Zealand, it would be New Zealand, Asia, Asiania, or whatever it is, Asia, mm-hmm. like that. Circles outwards uh, for us in Australia would start in Australia, etc. And so I think I think we really do need to give pathways for churches. Um, may, maybe there needs to be like uh, 
discovery tours or, or mission trips or the pastor getting uh, exposed to mission trips, the leadership getting exposed to what mission could mean. Mm. I think that's really important. And I think it's yeah. important that they understand that it's this is a win. It's a win, win, win. They win. Um, that young disciples win and the people they are sent to win, that mission is a winning equation. Mm. It's not uh, a waste of time and money. It's a winning equation. It's an eternal equation. I think these are the, the values I would love to speak to local churches about. And I'm mm. sure many are serving their local area, which is huge, amazing. Um, I just look at some of that and I think, wow, <laughs> Christians are amazing. But there's another level. So it's not doing world missions at the expense of local missions. It's yeah. and, it's and. Let, mm. Let's do this and this and this. And uh, I think when, when churches come alive in mission, they're going to find growth. They're going to find, I think, young men and women will, will, will wake up and say, wow, I have a place, there's something to do, and could I use my skill for that? So I, I, don't, I think mission is an exciting area that we need to – help churches if we can get onto it. The answer to your question is I believe a church needs to have a mission from God mm. and needs to start fulfilling that mission. Amen. Yeah, it's a great word. And, and like you said, no matter where you are in the world, there's lost people in your neighborhood. There's lost people everywhere. There's people you've reached. Um, but, yeah, having a call to reach the unreached as well. Um, absolutely love it. And in our next episode, actually, we are going to be talking more about ways that individuals and churches can okay. be a part of world missions. So uh, tune in next week if you are interested uh-huh. to hear that. Um, so another big question, um, you know, you've been all over the world, Pastor Rod, in the last 40 years or so, been involved with so many different missions and and you also oversee churches in many countries now and you talk to pastors all over the world. Um, so from your viewpoint, what what is the climate of the gospel spreading right now? Um, I believe the gospel is in a time of contraction, which might surprise people. But I Can believe explain that, that. Sorry. I believe contraction means it's going backwards. Right. But every contraction in church history has always preceded an expansion. Mm. So when I say that, I don't want to be negative, but I think we have to be honest and say that there has been some, some great troubles and um, although I, I meet great Christians and pastors in every country, seriously, in every country of the world, I think the number of people attending church has contracted. But that is a preceding, like the tide going out before the next tide coming in or, or, or whatever uh, metaphor analogy you want to use. Like, um, I, I believe it's, it's we're getting ready for a, another move of the Holy Spirit. And... If I could just use something from church history, um, there is a very large series of books by a Christian historian called Kenneth Scott Latourette. You can just Google that. He wrote these volumes, about five volumes on the history of Christianity. And as a young man, I read some of it. Um, <laughs> but in the last couple of years, uh, you can get summaries of some of those big books. And I looked at a summary. And I studied it and the contractions of history, there were four before now. And the four before us in church history was a genuine contraction. The church seemed to go backwards. But all of a sudden, a new wave came and it just expanded 
And every time it expanded, there were four things. And I'll mention it to you now because it's from my research. Number one, there is a when it starts to move into expansion, so contraction, contraction, expansion, that change moment, it happens, these, these things happen. Number one, there's a increase of Jesus preachers. So we're getting back to preaching Jesus, healing, changing, resurrection, heaven through Jesus. There's, there's a, a move back to Jesus preaching and, and uh, a, uh, a rediscovering of the Jesus stories, telling the Jesus stories to a new generation and, and the passion to tell Jesus rather than, than, than issues-based, we become Jesus-based. And I don't mean to sound, you know, like superior in that. I just think it's a, it's just a revelation. We've got to get back to that simple preaching of the gospel, which is not so simple because it means changed lives and, and lots of people coming into the kingdom. Number two is a change, a, su- a surprising increase in new mission fields, a surprising increase of new mission fields. And I believe we're discovering some of those around the world here in Asia and around the world and um you know, I could mention a move of God in, in, in Nepal that's been happening and uh, in, in Myanmar in a war zone. And uh, a lot of people talk about Iran or the underground church in Iran. And and just recently I've been hearing about the incredible amount of people from Ukraine uh, and Russia calling out to God wow. in surprising places, in surprising places. And here in Japan we're believing this is going to be another surprising place for another move of God. So that's number two, the the increase of new, and I think online is actually a new thing too, but that comes to number three. Number three is new mission strategies. So number one among that was, I got ahead of myself, is online. Yeah. The online message. So two generations ago, it was radio and then it was TV and radio, and now it's TV, radio, and online. We've mm. got the lot. we got everything. Yeah. I've got a friend in Indonesia who has 54 radio stations, local radio stations, beaming into unreached areas and then saying, come to the radio stations for prayer and unreached people are just coming every day. Uh, that's radio. And then obviously TV is is, is be- being beamed into whole bunches of countries, especially in the, 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 the sub-Indian continent. And, um, and now online, and that's including us now, where we're online into all these nations and seeing people saved in different countries, people, pastors being discipled. So the third one of the expansion, the change, is new mission strategies. That doesn't mean we throw the old away, but the old becomes refined and and um, tweaked is probably a good word. So it's not this or that, it's this and that. And, and, and great churches are sending people that are, uh, teaching new mission strategies and new ways to reach. And, and, and okay, that's number three. And the fourth one where, where it moves into expansion is an increase of discipleship alongside persecution. And what mm. Kenneth Scott Latourette said was a lot of the persecution comes because of the success of the church in that nation, that all of a sudden people groups opening will cause persecution. And I think we're seeing that in, again, Iran and China and a number of nations where the all of a sudden more people in, 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 in the business world, in education, in, in media, in politics, more people are getting saved and discipled, but instead of people rejoicing, it actually causes a backlash. And I think that we're seeing all four of these things right now. So my first comment, 
what what's happening in the world i think there is a pulling back there is a contraction to get us ready for a most amazing move of the holy spirit so contraction this is contraction number 5 if that's true that there was previous contractions and number 5 expansion could be the greatest expansion the world has ever seen. And I believe that we're going to see a lot of those 42% saved in the next generation if we make the right uh, response to the Holy Spirit. Big answer to a big question. Wow. Um, prophetic moment. Come on. <laughs> oh, really I don't know about is. you guys, but I'm excited. That's really, really, really amazing. And I think this explains also in the Bible, the New Testament especially talks about you know persecution, it talks about hard times. It talks about in the end times, people will be lovers of themselves. And those scriptures which we're saying, hello, it's right here. Um, and then there are other scriptures about the end time harvest. And the end time harvest, which which must affect the whole world to fulfill scriptures. Um, yeah. It says the whole world will hear. Uh, mm. So what I've just said is actually a biblical concept. It's just confusing. Like how can these two operate at the same time, mm. but they always have and they always will until Jesus comes. Wow. Um, I'm a bit speechless. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great answer, Pastor. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I'll just give you a chance to just add any any last thoughts, wow. uh, comments to this episode. And next episode, we are going to be talking more about the how, what it looks like, what things can we do. But, yeah, just any, any final comments, Pastor Rod? I'd like to speak to anyone who's tired or discouraged in the concept of sharing with the family and friends and missions that I think we need to shake off the dust. You know, Jesus said, if you go to a city that don't receive you, wipe the dust from your feet. And I think we need to wipe the dust from our feet and disappointments. Some people even need to wipe the dust from their hearts, disappointment, and say, God, I want a renewed vision for your world, for people. Um, I need I need to be healed, restored, refreshed, the, the river of God flowing through us that I might see again, that I might vision again, some of your business people that we might give again to great missions works, that we might pray again, that we churches revive again. I'm serious. I believe if this, we're moving into a time of expansion, there's going to be a refresh, a refreshed calling, a refreshed provision. A, provis- a provision of people and money and prayers, I believe in it. So come, come and join us or wherever your church is involved in mission, whether it's compassion missions or outreach to unreached. Let's get involved. Let's be in- involved in God's world because we've only got one life. And I, I finish with this. Um, a man that lived 150 years ago in England, C.T. Studd, played, played for the English cricket team against Australia in the original Ashes Tour uh, Australia and England, and they, they burnt the bat. That's the ashes. C.T. Studd was in that cricket team, for those who understand cricket, and um, a great man of God. He made this statement, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And I believe there's going to be a calling to make our lives count for Jesus. That's my last word right there. <laughs> awesome. Please pray for us, Pastor Rod. Lord, I pray that that one life you've given us will count for eternity, count for now for us and our families and churches, but count for eternity where we're going to see people one saved, uh, healed, blessed, rising in all these different countries. Help us to play our, our small part in the big plan. 
I pray our churches would play a, a small but significant part in a big plan of God. And we would say, yes, Lord, here I am. Send me. Here I am. Use me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us today, guys, and look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you enjoyed today's episode with Pastor Rod, why don't you subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to this and we'll see you next time.